Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Having fun here on Greeny today, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Series XM, Channel 80, along with Hembo, I am Gabe Neitzel, Cam Bubba hanging out with us as well. Don't forget, college football playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Don't miss the semifinals on New Year's Day. The Rose Bowl starts at 5 p.m. Eastern, followed by the Sugar Bowl at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And we're going to do a little bit of fair or foul here, Hembo, in just a little bit. But I have been told that Bubba has something that he wants to point out. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not sure what it is, Mm-mm. but you have an uneasy look on your face. That's because um, I perpetually look like I have an uneasy look on my face. And anytime something like this is brought to my attention, that's the reason I feel this way. That's the reason I look this way. Because this there's never been a time in which someone has needed to bring something to my attention like Bubba, and it's been a good thing. So Bubba, no, take mean, it away. This is a po- I, I just don't know if you guys are aware of this. You guys actually have something in common. This is the first time you guys are working together. I know you, we haven't really talked much together. It was just some texting last night. You guys have something in common. I don't know if you're aware. Can you, do you know what it is? I mean, there are a variety of obvious things, but I'm guessing it's not one of, one of those things. Can I hear what you think the obvious things are? Well, I mean, we, we have a fairly similar appearance. We have the same passion. <laughs> no, you do not. Gabe <laughs> yes, has do. a giant beard, and you are clean-shaven. You are very clean-shaven, yes. I mean, there are many things that contribute to one's appearance. I don't need to have a beard to look like you, or vice versa. You also look like you've got a, a, a great head of hair there, Hembo. I am desperately clinging on to life, which yeah, is what I've got. All of Gabe's hair is on his face. Yours yes. is on the top of your head. So yeah, I think any rational person would agree you don't look alike. So there's a disproportionate amount of hair on your face in relation to like how can a person with so much hair yeah. on his face have so little on his head like I'm you're like very Robert Salai yeah i mean it's yeah i'm i'm trying to make up right like it's 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 desperately sprinting when are you going to come home let me ask head. you let me just ask you flat out like when are you coming home when are you going to shave it uh, wow. so i did have i did have that i did have that conversation with my wife this summer cuz i had a buddy who just said hey mm. was it after like, she called you a shave? clown mm. Um, probably. I mean, she does that like three times a week. It's hard to remember when. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to remember specific times she calls me a clown because it happens so often. And I go, hey, what would you think if I just shaved my head? And she goes, it's your head. What do I care? She doesn't so I've, care? I've got That's the such go. a weird yes. answer. Oh, God. Yeah, See, I've, got the, I've got the go ahead. Gabe, how long have you been married? Uh, 18 months. Okay, because I, I, my goodness, we're pretty inexperienced in this thing. So the idea that I'd be sharing marital advice from you and <laughs> listeners on the show would know that this is this is a road that That's we should not have go in down. common. You've been married for the same. Yeah, this of time. wasn't yeah. it, but we found another one. But yeah, by the way, I totally forgot that we started this conversation by Bubba wanting to say something that I still not let him say. But but Gabe, you want her to have an opinion on that? Like I don't think you want her to say she doesn't care what you look like. Like that's. <laughs> For something that important, she should have an opinion. And the fact yeah. that she doesn't is a major red flag for me. Well, it, it made me feel a little bit like George Costanza in, in the Seinfeld episode where he, he wants to date the one, you know, he's trying to have Elaine hook him up with, with one of her friends. And she's like, yeah, looks aren't that important to her. And George's like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> So, so uh, she didn't marry you for your looks, Bubba. Yeah, she must have married you for something for which you and I share. Can you, Bubba, do you mind sharing what this is? So... Hembo, you went to two colleges, as we've all learned, and it was a whole disaster. Yeah, I'm but, very decorated, But your first college, you went to where? A Cedarville University near Dayton, Ohio. And you played what? Uh, I played Division II baseball. And Gabe, you went to what college? I went to UW-Platteville. And you did what there? Division three college baseball. Hey. What position did you play, Gabe? We got some as we college get to know each other base- here. We got some low-level college baseball players <laughs> yeah. here. So when Micah Parsons is calling you guys out for criticizing him, just know we have athletes on this panel, yes. all right? We yes. have high-level athletes. Two uh, baseball I was lovers here. 
Uh, Gabe, share, share with me your credentials to figure out which of us was a better bad uh, college baseball player. Uh, I was an outfielder, and my biggest claim is I tied an NCAA record by hitting two triples in one inning. Okay, that is a, that is a fantastic claim to fame. Uh, I was a, a second baseman, uh, four-year uh, starter, uh, parenthetically, who holds the Cedarville University career walks record. Oh, to this boy. day, I was kind of a punch and Judy hitter, as you can tell by my appearance, by my physique. <laughs> not, and, not a lot of power. And that, uh, I mean, I, I on base 450 and slugged 350. Uh, if you don't know what that means, <laughs> look it up. It's really, really bad. On base 450 is incredible. Though. It is. Yeah. But slugging 350 is like I hit like 12 extra base hits in four years, which is really hard to do when you play every single game. So, Bubba, <laughs> I appreciate you sharing that. It's a more positive thing than I thought. It yeah, just took it us a while just to a get positive. there. Yeah, just want to let you guys know you share a love of baseball. You played baseball and, you know, Now, a great time. do you share the same kind of love for historical baseball knowledge and history? There's no way. As I, I do. I can't, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. So you um, couldn't run through, like, the winners of the World Series in the 1920s and tell me what happened? No, or I could not. Okay. I so, could not. So you're, you're much more like everyone else listening to us and, and much less like literally just me. Yeah, I could be. I mean, I guess. I mean, I do love baseball probably more than the average listener, but I would be closer to them, yes, than have if you I ever could not heard, tell you. Have you ever heard of a player named Jackie Robinson? <laughs> <sighs> The name you know, rings it's, a it's, bell. It's, it's, it's ringing. I can't quite place it, but it does sound a little. Some familiar. have said he's the most important signing in the history of the Dodgers. Not, not all, though. <laughs> Until now. Not all. Not it's, all. It's, not it's a non-standard opinion at this point. <laughs> it's, yes, it's, it's not all. All right, let's get to a little fair or foul here on Greeny ESPN Radio as we bring in Tam, who's got some quick-hitting uh, questions for us here. All right, we're going to start with the Eagles. And before I talk about their coach, Nick Sirianni, I want to hear. I want you to hear what he had to say about the offensive struggles the past couple weeks. Bubba hit it. This is my offense, and so the criticism on the offense, I think, unfairly goes to Brian. Brian calls the plays. Brian calls the plays. It unfairly goes to Brian. The criticism on this offense should come at me. All right, Hembo, you're an Eagles fan. I'm an Eagles fan. Lot of talk about Brian Johnson, the play calling, and Nick Sirianni. Fair or foul? Nick Sirianni deserves the most blame for the Eagles' three-game skid. That's fair. I mean, there's plenty of blame to go around. The defense has been one of the most underachieving, underperforming units in the entire league, and I will stand by that. But the Eagles' offense right now is highly dysfunctional, and I'm going to attribute it primarily to Nick Sirianni, whose offense it is, as he just stated very clearly, despite the fact that you know Shane Steichen was uh, the Eagles' OC last year and was brilliant in that role, coaching in Indianapolis now. By and large, it's the same cast of characters. It's the same quarterback who should be theoretically better. And the offense has not functioned at nearly as high and as consistent a level. I actually think when you look at some of the interceptions Jalen Hurts has thrown, some of the, some of the areas in which the Eagles have regressed most significantly, more of these things I think can be attributed to the coaching than the execution. And that's why I'm going to point the finger at Nick Sirianni, who figured it out once in 2021. He ceded his play-calling duties to Shane Steichen. It would not surprise me at all. Uh, Cam, if by the time we got to the playoffs, Nick Sirianni took that play calling back, and if it wound up uh, doing the Eagles a world of good considering where they are right now. Yeah, no, it's 100% fair. And I love the fact that he's going, hey, I understand you guys want to criticize this guy. Bring it back on me. And whether or not the criticism deserves to be on him, the fact that he's willing to step in front and kind of be that shield, which not every coach, NFL head coach, is willing to do, I like that he stepped up and said, hey, this is on me, and it's on me to fix it. Mm. All right, let's go to some more uh, teams that are getting a little bit criticized at times. So the Dolphins, Mike McDaniel was saying, you know, anyone that says we haven't beat a good team, stuff like that, I told my players, tell the media, F off. Gabe, 
are Tua Tunga fair or foul that Tua Tunga Vailoa and the Dolphins are unfairly criticized for not beating strong teams? No, that's foul. Like you absolutely like this is this is big boy football, and I understand you can only play the schedule in front of you, but it's not like you've played only bad teams every single time, and it's not like I'm expecting you to be undefeated in these games. But every single time you've had to step up and you've had a big game to play because this has been a narrative around you, you've fallen flat on your face. It, 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 that's, those are just the facts of the situation. And if you want to be a team that is considered in a deep AFC as a team that can do some damage or make a run, why would I believe that if you couldn't beat any of these teams during the regular season? When the pressure is now upped, you're expecting me to not use that against you? No, this is a fair criticism of Tua and the Dolphins. Yeah, you're 100% right. It is fair criticism. They don't have the kind of track record like Kansas City does, like Philly does to some extent, like other teams in the NFL whom we have seen thrive in the playoffs, thrive against good teams for long periods of time over like significant sample sizes. So to me, like there's no really such thing as unfair criticism when it comes to pro football, in all honesty. And definitely in the case of the Dolphins, who have yet to show us that they can do it at the highest level. Candidly, the fact that we are talking about them in this vein, in this light, is evidence of the fact that we do acknowledge that they are on that plane, and they need to show it starting this week against Dallas. Hembo, fair or foul, Justin Fields himself should want a fresh start outside of Chicago. Uh, Foul. Uh, There is enough now water under the bridge in Chicago where if I were him, I would want to set up my permanent base there. I have the support of my wide receiver room. We heard DJ Moore say earlier this week that Justin Fields should get a crack at being their franchise quarterback. I'm not sure I agree, but hearing that come from inside the building to me is important. And if I were Justin Fields, when you consider this, when you sort of survey the landscape of where the Bears are right now, they're actually in a somewhat favorable position. If they wound up keeping me, if I'm putting myself in the shoes of Justin Fields, if they wound up keeping me and they wind up trading that first pick and getting a treasure trove of draft assets, a potential like ready now NFL players, I'm not sure I can't be really good as soon as next year. So while I think the Bears have fallen short in some sense over the last few seasons, if I'm Justin Fields, I've stuck it out this long that I actually want to reap the benefits of all of that pain and suffering, and I could do it as early as next season in Chicago if they get it right with trading that number one overall pick. Gabe, agree or disagree? Justin Fields should want to stay there. I disagree. I think he should want to get out. That is not a franchise that's run correctly. I don't think it's a great franchise. Like they, they even handled the beginning of him there incorrectly. They let the past regime draft him and stick around for a year. It, they let people stick around there for too long. They, to me, the Bears as an organization should just want to hit the reset button if they end up with that number one. That wasn't the question. Pick. The question was, should Justin Fields want that? Not should the Bears want that? And I, if I'm Justin Fields, I'm looking around and I'm going, no, I can't trust this franchise. I'd rather start over someplace else because I think there are a couple of places that have a better track record of handling younger players that he could end up at as their quarterback, as their potential franchise cube. Interesting. So you'd rather trust the devil you don't know. Cam, what's next? All right. Gabe, the winning coach, fair or foul, in Browns-Texans, that's Stefanski and D'Amico Ryans, should be the coach of the year. Uh, foul. It's already just, I mean, just give it to Kevin Stefanski at this point. I mean, they've won quarterbacks with four, won games with four different quarterbacks. Like, he has somehow resurrected the career of Joe Flacco. Flacco's out there throwing for 300 yards in back-to-back games like it's no big deal. Like it's back in 2012 again. Flacco's running around making plays. That has been a roster that's been decimated by injury at different times, and yet they continue to come after you and have a great defense and be a team that's competitive in games despite having all these different players at quarterback, despite starting all these different players. To me, it's going to be Kevin Stefanski no matter what. Yeah, I disagree with this. To me, look, I think Kevin Stefanski has a great argument, and you just made it. 
But I think Shane Steichen is the coach of the year. I think what he has done in Indianapolis is pretty close to exemplary. You know, it's one thing to be able to withstand all the injuries that Cleveland has, and Kevin Stefanski has done that really, really well. But candidly, I have to give a lot of the credit in Cleveland to the hire of Jim Schwartz, which I guess Stefanski, you know, does get some credit for, and the dominance of that unit. Like, they're not where they are now because of the quarterback play. Now, despite all those injuries, Nick Chubb and both the tackles and Deshaun Watson and three, like all that stuff, like a job well done. But Indianapolis last year was an absolute disaster. A four-win team who lost their starting quarterback right away. He's only had Jonathan Taylor for a a small portion of the season. They don't have a great defense. Darius Leonard just walked out that door. And they're in position to make the playoffs with Gardner Minshew and have scored 21 points as many times as any team in the whole league. I think Shane Steichen is the coach of the year. Despite what Kevin Stefanski has done, despite what D'Amico Ryans has done, my pick would be the guy running the Indianapolis Colts. Cam, what's next? Interestingly enough, we got one more question here, then we're going to get to some trivia. But here are the odds for coach of the year. Dan Campbell first at plus 260. D'Amico Ryans plus 270. Steichen at plus 300. Mike McDaniel at plus 650. Kyle Shanahan at plus 800. And then Kevin Stefanski at plus 900. Wow. I think it's because Stefanski won it a couple years ago, and they want to give it to someone else. Hmm. But who knows? Last one. Embo, I'll start with you. Fair or foul? The Steelers' lack of high-level QB play is what's led to this locker room unrest. That's foul. Uh, I can't go there because this is a team. I mean, there are a lot of teams in the NFL that don't have high-level quarterback play that haven't had people on their team just basically quit on the field. And that is what has happened to the Steelers. I mean, I hate to say it because I've been told reliably that in the mainstream media, you're not supposed to question Mike Tomlin. But Mike Tomlin deserves to be questioned. Uh, He has done an abject bad job at this team this year. Not just because they've regressed so much over the last month, the fact that they've lost three ridiculous games in a row, but because now the Steelers are being discussed on national platforms like they're something of a joke because they have wide receivers that don't want to block and run routes. It's very unsteelers like He has lost his grip on that franchise. I think he is a Hall of Fame coach. Full stop. I also think it is high time that Mike Tomlin is no longer the head coach of the Steelers, and that's okay. It's one thing to be a great coach, and you can do it for a long time. In his case, 17 years in Pittsburgh. He did not sign a lifetime contract. The issue in Pittsburgh right now goes to the very top. I think Mike Tomlin has more than worn out his welcome. The local fans know it, and I think it's time time that my colleagues in the national media recognize that they might be wrong about this guy, and it's time for Pittsburgh to move on. Uh, to me, this is absolutely fair. And I come at this from this perspective. In Milwaukee, where I do my local show Monday through Friday, Like we forgot about all the Packers' problems because Jordan Love played two really good games against the Lions mm. and the Chiefs, and like everything else went away. Like Any sort of behind-the-scenes stuff, like winning just cures all. And when you have a good quarterback playing well... It just cures everything. And they have not had high-level quarterback play even at the back end of Ben Roethlisberger's time there. He wasn't very good. And they so they have to take flyers on guys. Like, oh, maybe Mitch Trubisky can be a reclamation project. Oh, maybe we can draft in the mid-20s and take Kenny Pickett and hope that he turns into something. And none of that has turned into anything. And... It's it's nice that you can run the ball every once in a while and and get, you know, 150-yard, 200-yard rushing games, but in 2023 in the NFL, you got to be able to push the ball down the field, and they just cannot do that. If they had better quarterback play, none of these issues would end up creeping up on this uh, Steelers team. This is Greeny Hambo coming to you live from the Seaport Studio, and that's brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. All right, we've got the sneaky Hembo trivia question. Yes, my question to you is this. Uh, who is the only NBA player since the 1976 merger 
to score 50 points in a season 10 times. Joel Embiid scored 50 points yesterday. Once again, the question, the only NBA player since the merger to score 50 points in a season 10 times? The answer's next. This is ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. Wow, okay, and how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Himbo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? Joel Embiid, yesterday, again, scored 50 points for the Philadelphia 76ers. He's on something of a bender. It got me thinking, who is the only NBA player since the 1976 merger to score 50 points in a season 10 times? That's the question. So Gabe, in my absence yesterday as I was dealing with a viral stomach issue that the Eagles bequeathed upon me Monday night, um, something that you guys apparently discussed ad nauseum as I was nauseated, I heard that you got your first one wrong. Do I have that right? I did. I I was incorrect yesterday. I had one of two answers in my head, went the wrong way, got it wrong. Okay. I I don't need you to be defensive and justify it. I just was curious if you got it right or wrong. It sounds like you got it wrong, despite the explanation. (laughs) Uh, Because of that, I'm going to ask you to guess last today, although obviously we'll apply the honor code. Uh, Brandon, our stage manager, has texted me. His guess is Bernard King. Um, Cam, Bubba, guys, take it away. Who do you think? I don't know. I'll I'll go with Kevin Durant. I'm not sure, though. Okay. An unconfident Kevin Durant guess. Correct, Um, yeah. Bubba? I'm Who's your guess? Go with uh, unconfident Damian Lillard. All right, Damian Ooh, Lillard I like is that your one. guess. Uh, I am going to say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is your guess. All right, you guys really scattered the leaderboard here, um, <laughs> but none of you got it right, um, it. which is no surprise. The correct answer, and I thought one of you would get the correct answer, 
is a player by the name of Kobe Bryant, oh quite famously gosh. scored a lot of points in 2007. The season ending in 2007 had 10 50-point games. Runner-up on this list is James Harden with nine, then Michael Jordan with eight. So this would be a classic example of all of you guys really, really overthinking Overthinking things. it, yeah. Usually, these sneaky Hembo trivia answers are pretty Let pretty me give sneaky. you a bit of so advice, So I went with Gabe. Kevin Durant, a very obvious answer. Gabe, let me give you some advice, okay? Okay. So when you're trying to, like, because you guys have done this on your show in Milwaukee, right? Like, you guys will have done, I think, around the NCAA tournament, around the Super Bowl, I've sent you yeah, guys some trivia you, you, questions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, this is, so you're familiar with my work. I am, The yeah. best way to get them right is not to worry about what I want you to guess or what I want you not to guess. Dan Graziano is the only person to this day that has figured this out. The best way to figure out the answer is what you think the right answer is. But for some reason, everyone talks themselves in and out of correct answers. In this case, it's the most obvious guess. It's Kobe freaking Bryant. I don't know how you land at a place where you would guess Bernard King or, or literally anyone else aside from Kobe Bryant. I suppose there are like five decent answers, but you guys kind of missed the mark on that one. You don't think it's possible for us to guess anyone valid besides Kobe Bryant? Bryant. There, you, I feel like we you have just some said, valid guests. It's, you it's just said in the break, you were like, oh, there's so many great scores that, that you can guess. What like, I'm saying is that none of you guessed Kobe. It's one thing if, like, all of you guessed Kobe. It's easy when you got the answers. Listen, I, I, <laughs> yes, I've, exactly, done, I've done trivia when you're out, and it's so easy. I'm like, how are these people not getting this question right? <laughs> it's because I have the answer in front of me. I understand that's the case. All I'm saying is that none of you guessed Kobe. I didn't hear him brought up, and some of the guesses were much less satisfactory than Kobe Bryant. So, Gabe, long story short, next time. Think about what you think the right answer is, not what I don't or do want you to guess. You know, I, right. I think what we need to start doing here is on, you know, maybe not every time. Someone else asked a trivia question. Yeah, and, well, he, and Hembo let's should put be Hembo's feet and to Hembo the fire. Hembo should be answering. Mm. We we yeah. Let's, mm. let's put him to the test here. Yeah, not sure how I feel. About oh, that. he doesn't exactly. like that. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. You know, it's funny when people will always or often ask me to like go to the bar with them and do like trivia, and I always tell them. You don't want me doing this because oh, no. I'm, first of all, way better at asking questions than answering them. And secondly, if it's not about like sports or yeah, we don't like, want you doing medieval wars, yeah. I can't give you anything. And so like the pop culture questions, I've never even heard of the right answers. So I'm actually much less useful in that capacity. Yeah, I would, I would, I mean, I'm, pop culture, I would never bring you anyway. <laughs> Gabe, the other day he didn't know who Keith Richards was. No. No, Gabe, like the, no. my lack of knowledge in such, in such ways, in such areas, is such that people believe that I'm doing a gag live on the air. I received, I, I fielded multiple tweets that day saying like, oh, Hembo, this is a stupid bit. Like, I genuinely had no idea who Keith Richards was. We also read a list the other day of 10, like, slang terms that Gen Z people use, and I think Hembo got two out of 10 right. Yeah, that's like, we, we've got, and, and granted he's an older guy, but he does play-by-play for Marquette Basketball, does a show here at ESPN Milwaukee, who tried to tell me he had never heard an ACDC song, despite <laughs> them despite them playing Thunderstruck as the Marquette lineups are being announced at Visor Forum. Bizarre. So that's, Very bizarre. Yeah, oh, I've that, never heard like, of them. Yeah. Like, what are, my, what are you talking like about? My favorite World Series of all time was the 1926 World Series when Grover Cleveland comes out out of the bullpen? No, no, that hungover, can't be your favorite. That can't be your favorite World Series of all time. In the old gray mist to strike out Tony Lazari. Like, no, this is this is the kind of baseball fan I am. This is the kind of radio host uh, I am. So, anyway, long story short, I mean, Hembo's last vacation, him and his friend watched a World Series on YouTube from, from what 1956. <laughs> sober yeah, from the 50s. Yeah, yeah sober. They just sat around and watched a World Series game on YouTube. And- I don't. 
I don't think you can have a favorite sports moment of yours be one that you didn't actually witness and what happened happened decades, oh, like a half century can. before oh. you were born. <laughs> He no, witnessed it in a textbook somewhere. I, I like history way more than I like the present. <laughs> that is what you're going to learn about me in short order. Stuff That's that happened, enough. way better be part of the greenie, than stuff that is happening. Be a part of the Greenie Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. While we're trying to put in Hembo in some hot water for, you know, having the answers and being critical of us not having the answers, somebody who's actually in hot water, the University of Michigan, as they now have to continue to deal with more allegations coming in. Now, they tried to get out in front of this, but it doesn't seem like what they tried to do is going to be good enough uh, because Michigan has received a notice of allegations from the NCAA regarding alleged violations by the football staff during COVID-19 recruiting dead period. Uh, That's according to university officials who told that to ESPN. And according to those sources, Wolverines coach, Uh, Jim Harbaugh faces level one violation, which is the highest level for allegedly not cooperating with or misleading NCAA investigators about the alleged violations. And Michigan also faces four level two violations. Those are certainly less serious. Now, Harbaugh tried to get out in front of this, Hembo, by suspending himself for three games at the beginning of the season. That seemed like, hey, look, we already took care of this, but it doesn't seem like this is going to be going away because of what they did back in August. Yeah. Um, Michigan is in so much hot water. It's, it's like, I, I feel for their fans candidly because they have rallied around this t- to such an extent <laughs> that they're now like wearing all of these malfeasance, like a badge of honor. Um, and I guess you have to, because there's really no other way to go, but this, like none of these things have anything to do with the much bigger and much more significant scandal of stealing signs for multiple years illegally, which the NCAA um, and the FBI is painstakingly (laughs) investigating. I think it is a virtual certainty that Jim Harbaugh will explore NFL opportunities again this offseason. I mean, he makes it an annual flirtation, and some people think he does it because he wants the jobs. Others think he does it because he wants more money. I think both can be true at the same time. He certainly would have taken the Vikings job two years ago when he, uh, when he visited them and interviewed on National Signing Day. They've obviously had enormous success at Michigan since, despite his flirtations. All that being said, these things are going to really, really pile up, Gabe. Like, we're going to reach a point here with Michigan that they're going to have no choice but to turn their back on this guy. I don't know how soon all of this stuff will come to a head, but when you have the COVID-19 dead period violations, now as these start to percolate much more so than we thought at the beginning of the season when they slapped him on the wrist with that three-gamer, plus all the stuff with the sign ceiling, which we have discussed ad nauseum, which was really like the, at the very epicenter of the entire sport for probably close to a month this fall and will probably resurface at some point once we start playing these bowl games in earnest and they're talking, we're talking about them a whole lot more. Like, this is it. Like, we are watching the Titanic sink in Ann Arbor. Uh, and, and for the sake of those fans and for the sake of that program, they need to capitalize on the success right now because I think there's a non-zero chance that Jim Harbaugh is going to jump off that ship. He's going to grab on a life preserver. And he's going to be coaching Justin Herbert or Justin Fields or Bryce Young or someone else in the NFL next year. And the kids in that program and the administrators in that building and the students on that campus are, are going to be the ones that have to wear it. But I think that is the likeliest scenario here based on all of the piling evidence against Jim Harbaugh over the last few years. Jim Harbaugh and Michigan have no one to blame but themselves here. I understand you tried to get out in front of it and be like, oh, hey, look, we took th- I suspended myself for three games. Look at how smart we are to get out in front of this. I don't pretend to be an expert in NCAA investigations. 
But if you're facing four level two violations, my, which are the less serious of the charges, my guess that has to deal with the actual like recruiting dead period thing that yep. you did. Yep. The the more the more serious infraction here is you trying to cover up whatever you did. Like you could have taken the slap on the wrist, and maybe that was only going to be three games had you done that. But you decided as Jim Harbaugh to either not cooperate or mislead NCAA investigators, making this now a much bigger deal than it needed to be. Yeah, I mean it's. It was already going to be a pretty big deal, candidly. Like the combination of the the recruiting violations, the cover up, the sign stealing. Well, the sign stealing. If, you know, I'm, I'm guessing he didn't think that was ever coming. <laughs> I mean, they're like the worst cheaters of all time. I mean, this is <laughs> this is I mean, honestly this is ridiculous. Um, like you can get there are programs all around the country that are doing things that they should not do. It is the brazen nature of their actions and their activities that I think really needs to be taken into account. Like if I'm an NFL owner, I probably don't care. In terms of like, would I would I or would I not hire this guy? Given his track record in college, I think I would probably be able to remove myself from that because the NFL is such a different animal. But honestly, like he is, I'm fearful that he's going to leave this program that he has grown up with, that he played for, that he just adores, in ruin because of all of these things. Michigan has built such a fabulous foundation over the last few years in becoming like one of the like one of the crown jewels of college football. This is their now third straight year in the college football playoff. They're they're favored to beat Alabama. I mean, this is a like the, the program has not been in this place for 25 years. And I think at this point, based on the evidence that we have, it's very likely to all come crumbling down soon. And I'm not trying to be doomsday. I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. I just think when you talk about like this is so small, in relation to the science dealing, which again, the NCAA is going to investigate over a period of probably months, if not years, years. Which, the, which the FBI is looking into, they have fired, they have fired assistant coaches mid-season of the highest performing team in the league. Like there is an impossible amount of smoke here, Gabe. And I mean, I, you, you live a lot closer to this than I do. And so you're in Big Ten country. Is the mm-hmm. sentiment around the country, at least in that area of the country, obsessed with Big Ten football, that this is sort of the beginning of the end for Harbaugh at Michigan? I don't even know if it's the beginning of the end. I think we're getting close, as you mentioned, almost to the end. I mean, we're looking at a max of probably two more games. I'm with you, and I think the the sentiment around here in the Midwest is, mm-hmm. yeah, these are going to be the last two games for Jim Harbaugh. Okay. Because he, you keep bringing it up, and I, I laugh every time because it's – I mean, we got a lot of issues, but the the fact that the FBI is investigating <laughs> a college football program, like, it's just comical in nature. I, I can't help but laughing. But yes, once you get a federal investigation into you, you're, you're not going to be long. No matter how successful you've been, you're probably not going to be long for the job that you currently hold. Follow and, and I got a follow-up question then for, for, my, for my Big Ten country friend here. Because, again, you hear from people every day in this region. Is it fair or unfair? I'm like, I'm sitting in a seat in New York City, right? Is it fair or unfair to look at Michigan's success since, co- since the COVID-19 dead period, 2021, 22, and 2023, having had no success against Ohio State, having had no true like high-level, like Michigan high-level success, having received much below-average quarterback play, having received like, the kind of input from skill players on offense that made them look like a Stone Age offense, having received all the things that they were, now catapulting to where they are now, given the recruiting stuff, given the sign-stealing stuff, fair or unfair to call into question the legitimacy of the results on the field for Michigan over the last three seasons? I think it's fair, but I also think the only people who are going to hang on to that are Ohio State fans. 
Hmm. Like I feel that the longer we get go on from this, people always forget about whatever allegations and things happen in NCAA. Like the only one that really hangs over, unfortunately for Michigan fans, is the Michigan basketball team, is the Fab Five, right? Like everybody remembers that, and there was a great 30 for 30 on that. But other things, like, I mean, Ohio State has gone through things. They've gone through bowl bans. Like there was a year that the team in my state, the University of Wisconsin, went to a Big Ten championship game and won because both Ohio State and Penn State were going through bowl bans, and they couldn't do it. They were, they were in a postseason ban. They couldn't participate. So, I mean, these, hap- these things happen to a lot of places. Here's my question, and, though. Like and the, people the, forget the, about the Ohio State stuff, and they leave it all in the past. Because those things, in my judgment, are insignificant in relation to this thing. Like, I view what Michigan is going to encounter with the sign stealing as somewhat similar to what the Astros encountered and the pushback in 2017, where you mm-hmm. look back on that World Series and say, they did not legitimately win the World Series. Do we think that that is going to be like the high-level takeaway from this three years of Michigan football? Look at the results and say, <sighs> these were not legitimate results. If, if this stands out as the only success they end up having, yes. Because then the other thing you can go to is all of the allegations that surrounded Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, another Michigan man. Mm-hmm. And that rarely gets brought up now because of all of the success that then they had afterwards as well, where that just kind of is looked at as a bump in the road and not all that serious. One word answer. One word answer. Um, will Jim Harbaugh be coaching in the NFL next season? Yes. Which team in the NFL will Jim <laughs> Harbaugh whoa, 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 be coaching yeah. next okay. season? I didn't realize we had the follow-up. Um, no, you're not allowed to answer. You already gave your one word. Yeah, he, he already said one. You know, We adhere to very strict rules on this show. Yeah. <laughs> very, that's, that was my understanding when I said yes uh, to filling in the show. It's very strict. You'll be no cross-examined fun. here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I didn't realize I was going to be on the, the witness stand. Trying Who to is the leader in the Michigan? clubhouse to be, uh, for, Michi- uh, for Jim Harbour to be coaching next year in the NFL? I want to say Chicago. Mm. Like, just the Bears make the most sense to me. Just because I look at I look at the Chargers, right? Mm-hmm. And my guess is, if if Jim Harbaugh has always used the NFL as a way to get a, lo- a lot more money, I don't know if the Chargers are going to pony up. Mm. Are the Chargers going to pony up and pay one of the highest salaries in the NFL for Jim Harbaugh? I think other teams would be willing to do that. My best guess is the Chargers. I could see the Bears. The only thing I'm not sure is Kevin Warren, who runs the Bears now. I don't know that his relationship with Jim Harbaugh from their Big Ten days is all that good, which is my mm. one holdup. But if they do move on from Matt Eberflus, I would have to imagine that Jim Harbaugh is going to get an interview. The NBA is on ESPN Radio on Christmas Day. Don't miss it. Bucks at Knicks at 12 p.m. Eastern, immediately followed by the Warriors at the Nuggets. Coming up next, we've been waiting all day to talk about this because it is quite possibly the greatest idea for a tiebreaker. We break it down. Coming up next on Greeny, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. 
Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny. I FaceTime, Hembo. You called me back naked. As naked as the day I was born. Why? Because. Why on earth would you not have taken a second to put on a pair of pants? Why were you naked in the first place? What ju- are you doing naked at 817 p.m.? I had just showered, and upon removing myself from the shower, I looked at my phone, and that's when I read you the... You looked at your phone before getting dressed. I never want you to do that again. Knowing it, as I do now, has changed our relationship. This is Greeny. Yeah, I think I could have gone my entire life without knowing that you look at your phone right away when you come out of the shower and then call people back. Gabe, I don't really understand all the pushback I've received on this, and I have received ample pushback because if I'm calling someone, not FaceTiming, if I'm I'm calling someone, like old school phone call, there is no obvious reason why the amount of clothing I'm wearing matters at all. At all. Okay, so that being said... Uh, when you called back, when you called Green back, how did the, he then know that you were naked? He did not know until I came back. I think it was the show the next day or the day after. You guys might have to jog my memory, but I just fessed up and, and told him because yeah. Greeny was sick. Yeah, so you. Hembo told us this story with Evan Cohen on the air that he and Greeny had faced. That's right. And then he had called him back. Uh, not wearing clothes. I think you might have been wearing a towel from what I remember or something. Mm. Don't want to get into that, but that's how it came up. It came up on the air, and then Greeny was like, why did you tell an entire national audience that? <laughs> and Gabe, the, um, the truth of the matter is the very last thing Greeny said in that bite has, has come to fruition. It has changed our relationship. Like, even though he did not actually see me naked, he acts as if he has seen me naked. And so I would describe our, our professionalism as much more buttoned up now our relationship is being a lot more platonic and i have to say that wait was it not platonic before (laughs) i'm talking about professionally i'm talking exclusively about our professional relationship when people say platonic they usually mean like we're just friends and the inverse of that relationship is a romantic romantic. relationship we previously had a very romantic (laughs) where you would facetime each other naked i sleep and hot (laughs) <laughs> I, I do sleep uh, notably uh, hot, but it has changed our relationship. Like, I have not had the same depth of conversation. We've not shared like eye contact for as prolonged periods of time. Have you shared any intimate secrets? <laughs> we've not. Sh- we've not shared anything intimate. And notably, you used to share those with each other all the time during Be- your romantic partnership before I crossed the Rubicon. Yeah. And so my, my recommendation to all. Anyone who wants to maintain a romantic work relationship with a colleague, as I did with Greeny for many, many years, is either don't call them naked or don't admit 
to calling them naked. That's usually not advice that you need to tell people. <laughs> I think it's only advice that you need oh, to tell yourself. Oh, these unspoken things? Thank you. Is that yeah. what you're yeah. saying? I mean, thank you for sharing, but I think the rest of us already knew that. So, Gabe, here, so here's a, something that you need to know about me as you continue to work with me. I that sleep hot. Not only do I sleep hot, but all of my brain cells are locked in, are tied into one very specific thing. Enlightening, informing, and educating sports fans. I have no other use for any of them. I've maintained all of my brain cells, and I use them exclusively for that. And so in all those ways in which I show off and flex my muscles, I lose in e- like literally everything else. I'm the last person you want to invite to a dinner party. I'm the last person you want to play beer pong with. I'm the last person that you want to <laughs> go out with in any circumstance, to be in any social setting. And so this is what you have to deal with if I'm on your show, if I'm in your life. I don't know why I'm married. My wife mar- married me for reasons unbeknownst to me. We somehow have twins. But I will say this, from a professional standpoint, which right now is pretty much all I'm doing here because, as I've proven, that's definitely the best way to know me, as it turns out. You should just know that all my brain cells are tied into this one specific area and nowhere else. Well, I'm glad that your girls will at least, uh, your, your twins will learn from their mother the social norms that they need to learn in order to function in a society. Did you miss any of Greeny? Catch up both hours of the show in the Greeny podcast, available daily wherever you get your podcasts. It is Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. This is an idea that's been floating around the last couple of days, um, and it, it, it's quite possibly the best idea I think I've ever heard. Mm. Now, typically when college basketball does these challenges, you know, Big 12 uh, and, and the Big East or the, the Gavit tip-off games or all these different conference challenges, which are really just a way to get a decent opponent on your non-conference schedule, nobody really cares who wins those things. That is now changing because the Big Sky Summit Challenge is going to feature those two conferences, the Big Sky and the Summit, um, and they are going to take all the games that they play between men's and women's basketball, and they have a trophy to give away. But the problem is there are 36 total games, so you could presumably end in a tie. And if you do end up resulting in a tie the conference commissioners are going to arm wrestle over that trophy that they are going to be giving away in the Big Sky Summit Challenge. Is this indeed the best tiebreaker you have ever heard of him? My goodness. Okay, so uh, Cam, you're the one that uh, inputted this into the document. So help me out a little bit. How far down the tiebreaker procedure list do we get before arm wrestling? It doesn't seem like it's that far. second one. Right. The first is points. Okay, so there's nothing. Okay, so that's what I'm asking you. There's nothing in between points and arm wrestling. I think to, so. Total margin of victory. Mm-hmm. So you know how how badly you beat your opponent, I guess. And then right after that is arm wrestling between the commissioners at the final four before coin flip. Yes, they don't even get to coin flip, which is like the twelfth NFL well, tiebreaker. And I don't even think it's like total like points that you win by because they're awarding points. You get one point for a home win and a point and a half for a road win. So I think it's just like on that point system, if that point system right. is tied, then you're going to the commissioner's arm wrestling. So it's literally yeah. first. Okay, so this strikes me as a situation in which both of these people, I, looked them, I actually looked up both conference commissioners um, in order to try to handicap this. I wasn't really able to based upon their headshots. This strikes me as, as something that they want to do. Like you don't make this such a high tiebreaker if you've not discussed this and talked about it, right? Like this strikes me as something that they really want to happen. This is not like a last resort situation because if it were, it'd be lower on the list of tie-breaking procedures. But it's fun, and I think that's why, because how often are we talking or paying attention to the Big Sky or Summit conferences? Well, 
I mean, do you really think that this is going to like add like financial clout to the conferences? Like this to me strikes me as something pretty stupid. Like you're not going to see Greg Sankey like uh, like arm wrestling somebody. You're not going to you're not going to see Maybe Mike Vrabel and Dan Campbell arm wrestling after a, a tie game in be, overtime. Sankey should be um, arm wrestling. I'm blanking on the the name of the commissioner of the Pac-12. They should have arm wrestled over Oklahoma and Texas. <laughs> George Klyovkov. <laughs> yes, they should. Hey, all right. If you really want Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC, we got to arm wrestle. Silver for versus Goodell. To these get are Christmas these are Day. fights no one wants to actually see. I'm telling you, you don't actually want to see what your conference commissioner looks like arm wrestling another. We do not want this. I understand the idea is good. It's a fun headline. It's a fun story. But Gabe, in reality, this is actually not nearly as fun as it sounds. Because when you're watching these guys wearing their suits arm wrestling each other, you're going to wonder how the heck did we get here. Apparently, this is going to happen at the Final Four. Again, if they end in some sort of tie. Now, if it happens multiple times, I'd probably skip over it. But if they're televising the first one, you're telling me you're not tuning in? I'm out. I'm out. And I'm playing the Rams minus the four tonight. Take it to the bank. (laughs) Carlin versus Joe is up next. This is Ben Greeny on ESPN Radio. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.